Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Well, this episode is another of our first Friday work sessions, which are available to anybody. You can sign up at humanity.com. First Friday of every month at noon Eastern for about 50, 55 minutes, we have great leadership conversation and some learning. And this time it's uh, Corey Fernandez, who's going to be sharing the aspect of what great teams do great, but around virtual teams. And this was another supplement to our uh, book, but when we released in 2020, just when everybody went virtual. And, and what we realized is that there's not that much that needs to change, but there's some intention that needs to be applied. If you're interested in more, there is a, a brief chapter I can send you. Just uh, contact me via whatever means you want to contact me at Humanity, and we'll uh, we'll get that to you. Otherwise, here's Corey. Many of you you who have joined us before in this space, actually going all the way back to May of 2023, um, have known that we've been featuring for the months now, since May, um, parts of our work around what great teams do great. This is obviously an important topic for us, an important area of kind of research and interest for us. And so we published this book in actually May of 2020. And so while we're not going to be going into this book in great detail today, we are going to touch on the importance of virtual teams. And we do believe as virtual teams spend time together, they still need to be doing the same things that regular teams, traditional work teams need to do. But right, since we've been immersed in this virtual world, we do know that we exist often periodically or regularly distanced from each other. And so what are the unique things that we need to equip ourselves with when we are working remotely or digitally or virtually, right, that we actually can set us up for success, that can make us perform even better in some cases than traditional work teams. And so I'm going to be covering some of those pieces today that I think are really important for us to dial into. But we do know, just to kind of set some context, if you're not familiar with what great teams do great, great teams set up well. And when they set up well, and they focus on the important kind of foundational elements that hold them together, it then influences their planning. And then they plan work in a different fashion. And then as a result, they need to start executing. And when teams, especially great teams, encounter issues, because every team has issues, they then make the choice to engage more and more on the green path and minimize the instances we're on the red path. And so again, I'm not gonna go in great detail here because this is all captured in our book, but I just wanted to set that context up so that we could have a little appreciation for the important work that we're talking about today, especially with virtual teams. And so what we realized when we published the book in May of 2020, as you can imagine, right, we've done this body of work, the pandemic hits and we find ourselves in this virtual working space, this virtual work environment, um, we, fell short of some chapters. Uh, the first, the ch one chapter we created after the book was published was chapter nine on race and power. And the 10th chapter uh, is actually about virtual teams. And so for everyone that's here today, we'll share this book uh, in or this, this chapter in the chat today. So you can have your eyes on that and get appreciation for some of the pieces that we published kind of coming after this, after the book is actually out in the world. Um, but I'm gonna hit on some key components that I think are really important. Um, so specifically, we're gonna be talking about where the, these, these yellow arrows are appearing on the screen. Who are we, which is a critical area. Um, what will we do or who will do what and how will we communicate was another area I'll touch. Meetings and checking in with each other and how critical that is in a virtual workspace. 
And then the impact cycle, do we truly have the right team? You're thinking about just bringing our, our team members on board and making sure we have the right talent, the right team in place to do this important work. So the first one we're gonna to touch on is who will do what and how we communicate. And so if you think about it, whether we're in a traditional team and certainly a virtual team, uh, there are these instances, right, where we can become overloaded with information, overloaded with communication. And oftentimes that's a function of how many projects we might be carrying. In some cases, because virtual teams operate independently in a lot of instances, you have solo work happening quite a bit and you come together during key collaborations, we might lose sight of all the work that our, that our teammates are carrying, right? So as projects go up, information and communication overload can become more common. And so in a virtual setting, it becomes really important that we're very clear on mission critical team goals. There is a component of us that absolutely needs to focus on running our business, running our team. And so we need to be clear on what are our goals that are going to help us do that, really our, our needs versus our wants. And we want to make sure we delegate and document really, really, really well so we have a sense for the individual goals, the roles and responsibilities of various teammates. And if things start to, if scope starts to creep, if it starts to expand, we might have to realign and get our heads around our capacity. Without that, we might lose sight, right, of all the different things that people are carrying, but we want to make sure we're real clear on mission critical team goals and individual goals and roles and responsibilities. And as things start to creep or expand potentially, we might have to realign, right? So we don't actually uh, do ourselves more harm down the road where people are carrying too much. And we want to get clear on when we're going to come together, kind of our cadence of check-ins weekly or twice per month is often what we recommend. That way, if you're just doing monthly meetings, if you happen to miss that meeting one time in a month, you're not having to wait for another month to get in front of people. So it's important that we really have a cadence of check-ins, right, to make sure we're checking progress and seeing how people are, are coming along with their capacity, troubleshooting instances before they get too big. And I also recommend that we have a way for people to kind of self-serve on company performance. It's important that as we're doing our day-to-day -day work, we have a chance to see how that work is impacting our progress and not wait to the end of a quarter, not wait to the end of the year potentially to see how those efforts are actually impacting our results. Next comes up is when we're actually doing the work of checking in, we're actually coming together and actually uh, revisiting our, our, our progress periodically throughout the month, throughout the year. I do think it's important that we do check in and actually make sure we get eyeballs on company and team performance. Otherwise, work gets mundane. We're not connecting it to the bigger picture. We should discuss individual contributions, celebrate the progress that people are making, and then do really good work to listen and understand people's concerns, whether it be about capacity, whether or not whether it be about not understanding how their work's fitting into something bigger than themselves, and so on. And that's important work to then coach and kind of reduce overload, any sense of overwhelmingness, making sure people have a sense for how they're addressing work-life balance issues and so on as those things are happening more real time and not waiting till they become a bigger and bigger problem. And again, this is space. When we check in regularly and we agree to those that cadence, we can troubleshoot. We can be willing to defer or stop work potentially um, when it needs to happen to make sure that we're tracking on the right goals and not overwhelming each individual contributor on the team or individual members of the team. Okay. 
what I'll share on the screen is not something we're going to touch on in detail, but I will say we'll put, we'll put a link in the chat right now so that you can go to our freebies section of our website. This is a resource we developed just to kind of help us manage under and over capacity issues on Teams. So you can go to our, our freebies section by clicking on the link in the chat and you can grab this resource and download that to your desktop. The next piece I want to touch on is around meeting and checking in. And so we've done a lot of work on meetings, of course, and the value of meetings and why we meet. But there's a little nuance when it comes to virtual teams that I want to speak to here. And so first, when should we meet is, is a, I think, a great question to kind of kick things off. And we believe these four items are on the, that are on the screen right now are critical times when teams should meet, whether it's traditional or virtual. And the areas in blue, kind of those circles on those two in particular, make a decision and engage creativity. This is some recent research that I was reading that says that people particularly appreciate coming together to meet when we have to make a decision or engage our creativity. That is a very high premium, in fact, for when we come together and meet when those two items are types of items are on the table. When it comes to virtual teams, I think we need to be really uh, diligent and intentional about using meetings well to feed relationships. We don't want to get into a trap where we actually don't see each other as people and we just see each other as teammates. We absolutely need to, in a virtual setting, see each other as people. And so I think there is a fifth element for why we meet in a virtual setting, and that is to feed relationships. We should dedicate time to be people and not just team members, not just resources. We should open up space for office hours or virtual coffee sessions or water cooler sessions where we can actually just have more casual conversations. We can mimic this in our calendars, right? We can create kind of the traditional workspace experience in a virtual setting when we actually make it intentional. We, we mimic space to have coffee chats and time to connect with one another. This is a really critical piece. I think teams that leverage kind of walk-in talks where you have one team member in Seattle, another team member in, in Michigan, whatever it might be, and you're actually just spending time talking to each other while each of you is walking um, and getting some time just to kind of get some exercise and some fresh air is another great way just to connect as people and not just rely on kind of the traditional cadence of work or the, uh, or the mundane cadence of work to drive our calendars. Um, this is a critical, critical piece that virtual teams do really, really well. The Human Energy team, we only do this once a year, um, but man, does it fill up our cups in terms of how we see each other, how we get to know each other um, throughout the year. As we actually create space in December where we're celebrating and kind of looking back in our year to bring photos of the important people in our life, the places that kind of touched us in the last year or the passions that we have. And so we actually look across kind of our digital library of photos and we'll screen share. We'll actually put those photos on the screen so people can get a glimpse of our family, get a glimpse of some of the places that were memorable to us in the past year, um, be aware of some of the passions, right? So we'll digitally kind of create that reflection for people to see and enjoy. And that's just one way that we try to bring our, our personal self, our people self to the table and not just a team member self to the table. Okay. Next two items here, the last two items anyway, um, this is then when we think about the importance of making sure we have the right team in place. I will say in the kind of uh, last couple of years, we actually um, had a 20 plus person team member uh, that said it was time for her to wind down her career. And we had to make a decision about where our next hire was coming from. And so we did this work of, do we have the right team? What are we missing to carry us forward into the next years, into this next decade? And it's really critical that we get this right 
and we actually were fortunate enough fortunate enough to find Mimi. Um, Mimi has been with Team Energy now for two and a half years, and for the last two years, she's always reflected, saying, "Thank you for being so accessible. I'm grateful." In a virtual setting, we have to get onboarding right. We have to be accessible to our team members, and we can't leave it for chance. Um, when we onboard really, really well, when we do this work really well, we actually create confidence with our team members. They should have clarity, and they should have the, the ability to reach out to team members to get access to compliance around processes and systems and procedures. They should get clarification regularly on their roles and their responsibilities. We can't leave that for chance. They should get reinforcement on the culture that they're leaning into and how they're impacting that culture. And they should have the time to connect well with their new team members. We can't leave that for chance. When we onboard really well, when we bring on new team members in this way, it really does make a difference. And again, Mimi's experience is, thank you for being so accessible. I'm grateful. We have to get that right and make that an intentional part of our work on virtual teams. And again, we can mimic the traditional workspace with our screen sharing tools and allowing people to see our screen and our cursor and the way we're designing work or organizing work or communicating with customers or designing products and so on. A manager, for instance, or a peer can see that work in action and provide coaching and feedback real time. It doesn't have to be this over the shoulder traditional environment. It can very much mimic what we've known to, to work in the past and play out really, really well in a virtual workspace. And then the last thing I wanna hit on is this idea of who are we? Again, kind of going back to the importance when teams set up well and they support each other well to be people in this world that are doing their very best to make contributions to their organizations, we can't neglect this important work of allowing each other to see who are we, what makes us tick, um, what are we facing in the world. And so all of us, um, I think, are trying to do our very best to kind of bring a balanced approach to our life. Not even just work life balance, but just a balanced approach to these four things, right? Our family, our work, our spirit, and our self. And certainly it has become challenging for some people in a lot of, a lot of instances, right, for us to feel like we can actually be balanced in our work, even in a remote setting or a virtual setting, we can get overloaded, right? With, with some of the things that we're carrying and it can diminish these other parts of the chair. And when those other parts of the chair get weaker and weaker, um, that actually becomes a challenge, right? We can't sit on a chair that has one sturdy leg where the rest are broken. So it's really important in this time. And this was called out in March or May of 2023 last year that we have to recognize that we are in, in, in at risk, right, more and more of us feeling isolated and lonely as human beings. And I think virtual teams in particular and leaders of virtual teams in particular need to take, take this really to heart. And when we find our team members who are at risk for being lonely and isolated, we have to take uh, great caution to lead with care and adapt where necessary. And where I believe people can be most isolated and lonely in a virtual setting, or even in a traditional setting, but especially a lonely setting or in a virtual setting, is that first 30 to 60, 90 days of their employment, joining on to a new team, a new organization. When team members might move and they might find themselves in a new city and they have little to no social ties outside of work. And so a lot of the connection they have with the world is through their, their teammates and actually connecting with people at work. When people are widowed, 
at any stage of their life, right? Those are unexpected and terrible circumstances. But when people are widowed and when people actually face injustices or violences that impact their civil rights or lawful protections, those can be elephants in the room that people don't want to talk about. And while we might not share the same belief system or not always have the same kind of viewpoints or experiences with people of us, with people around our teams, it's not our job to try to fix problems, but it should be our job as teammates in a virtual setting to give them the space to share and for us to be willing to listen without judgment and see them for who they are. Because when they carry that stress, when they carry that and feel like their teammates don't, don't recognize or value them or some of the struggles they're going through, it is a silent killer and can start to deteriorate the fabric of a team. And so I do think these are just important topics for us to be thinking about to really dig into when we dig into more and more of this virtual work, because virtual work can be a difference maker for our work life, for the balance that we try to bring in the world. It can be a difference maker for organizations. I do believe, and there's research out there that shows that virtual teams can be actually greater performers than traditional work teams when they do this work well and they're intentional. And I cut him off a bit short there, but that was Corey Fernandez, who uh, was facilitating the uh, learning section of First Friday, and uh, it was sharing virtual teams. Thanks for listening. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm.